We're going to read Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, which, of course, centers around the birth of the great prophet and leader, Moses. The title of our message this morning is Raising a Redeemer. Raising a Redeemer. Before we get into the text, I just want to remind you that our umbrella for the whole book of Exodus is the road of redemption. That that is the major theme of the book. Is It is a picture of the great redemption that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have seen already in chapter 1 the great need of redemption. What terrible bondage the people of God had been under for so many centuries. We read and we hear about how that they were afflicted, how that their lives were bitter, how that they were made to serve with rigor. And you can almost feel the, the lash of the whip of the taskmasters. You can almost um, feel the sweat dripping down your own back as you would think about how that they were made to build the treasure cities of Python and Ramses, and how that they longed to be free, how that they longed for someone to come and break that yoke, and that they could serve God as a people together again. Well, now, here in chapter 2, that one that they had waited for so long is going to be born. And it's really going to uh, picture that that had been waited for so long of the Messiah, of the Lord Jesus Christ. as a great miraculous birth and a birth that was protected by the sovereignty and providence of God. So the main thrust of the message, though, is going to be toward our parents and grandparents and future parents that are, God is going to raise up in the church. Do you know that, that raising your children... Is one of the most important things that you're going to do in your life. Would you all agree with me about that? Besides serving the Lord, raising your children, that's part of serving the Lord for the children of God. Raising your children is going to be one of the most important and powerful witnesses and things that you do in your life. And so I want to encourage all those that have done that, and I want to thank you. We have some people in here who God has blessed to be some great parents. And they have raised redeemers uh, uh, through the Lord working in their lives. I believe we have some good parents right now that are doing a great job. But we all know we need, we need help. We need uh, guidance of the scripture. And oh, those of you that are coming up soon. And God's going to bless you uh, with children. I hope that you prepare your heart and, and your mind. Uh, that you might raise them in the nurture and admonition. Of, of the Lord, and may the grace of God be with you. And, and those of you that have already done it, I, I just want you to be an encourager. Uh, if you're a grandparent in here, and you have children that are raising children and grandchildren, be an encourager uh, to them in this, because it is something that is so needful uh, in our day. And I, and I pray that God would bless us all to raise redeemers let's begin in exodus chapter 2 and we'll read verses 1 through 10 hear the word of the lord and there went a man of the house of levi and he took to wife a daughter of levi and the woman conceived and bare a son and when she saw him that he was a goodly child she hid him three months and when she could not longer hide him she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him and the daughter of pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside and when she saw the ark among the flags she sent her maid to fetch it and when she had opened it, she saw, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister, 
to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought up unto and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the river. Raising a redeemer. Now we know, beloved, there's only one great redeemer. Can I get an amen? The only great redeemer, the true redeemer, is the Lord Jesus Christ. But Moses himself was a redeemer used by God in the lives of so many. He really is, in my mind, the major figure of the Old Testament in what God blessed him to do, in who God blessed him to become, in the way that he foreshadows and typifies Christ in so many ways and how God used him to write the first five books of the Bible, which we call the Torah or the Pentateuch, the first five books. We call it the law. And so he is going to be a significant character that is going to impact the world in an amazing way. He's going to be a redeemer. Beloved, we need redeemers. We need redeemers to be raised up among us. And there are redeemers that are walking among us even now. And some of you have raised redeemers. And I think that, that everyone that is thinking about getting married, thinking about raising children, I pray that you will go ahead and start, Lord, give me some redeemers. Give me some redeemers to raise. You know, I was thinking about when Brother Jeff was preaching Wednesday night, those verses there in Revelation where God said, I'll, I'll use you to be a pillar in the temple of my God. That's what I've always wanted for my children more than anything, more than anything. That, not that they would be successful or that they would be professionals or they would be rich or that they would be healthy. What I wanted for them most were to be pillars in the house of God, people that would, would, uh, could be counted on that, that built their lives upon the foundation of Christ and, and the apostles and that would hold up the banner of King Jesus in their lives. I want nothing more for them than that. John said, I have no greater joy than that my children walk in the truth. Now, we can't give our children faith. Amen? Only God uh, can do that. All men have not faith. Faith is a gift of God. But we have been commanded by the Lord to raise up our children in His nurture and admonition and to pray for their souls that they might be God's, that they might belong to God, that they would be redeemers in their life. Well, Israel, here in the book of Exodus, had been praying and hoping and longing for a redeemer. They were longing for that. They were praying for that. No no wonder when they heard that the law had been passed, that all males would be cast into the Nile and destroyed. What fear, what anguish must have been in their hearts because they knew they were in the fourth generation. If they remembered what God had promised to Abraham, and, and no doubt many of them did, they knew that the time was at hand, that the time was coming for the Redeemer to be born. And old Jochebed and Amram, I don't doubt one bit. It says that they saw Moses, that he was a goodly child. They knew there was something special about him. Well, we all feel that way about our children, don't we? <laughs> but there are some that are born among us that God just has a special calling upon, uh, that he puts special, a special spirit in to do amazing things. And so it would be with Moses. Now, this wasn't, uh, Jochebed and Amram, I'm mentioning their names, they are Moses' parents. Jochebed is his mother, Amram is his father. And they had other children, amen? They'd already had Aaron, who was no slouch, right? He is going to be an amazing person that God is going to use. 
And then Miriam, one of the great heroines, one of the great women uh, of, of the Bible. And I just want to, to just mention this uh, as a side note to all the siblings that are in here. Your, your brothers and sisters uh, can be some of your strongest allies in your life and in the faith. Love them. Love them. Be close to them. Encourage them. And help them all that you can in your life. They will be some of your strong, can be some of your strongest allies. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for my brothers and sisters in the flesh uh, that I have. But I'm so much more thankful that they are my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And may it be so for your children and also in your life. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But they needed a redeemer. And God saw their affliction. He saw the trials that they were going through. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts so that we can see the language here in the New Testament that speaks about the calling and mission of this man, of this baby called Moses. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen is is giving his great apologetic for his faith in Christ and and, and challenging. Uh, I tell you, Stephen was a redeemer, was he not? He was a redeemer, and he was so full of faith and courage. And here in the book of Acts chapter 7, he's talking about Moses, and I just want you to see what it says about him. Acts chapter 7, verse 35. Well, let's go into the verse 34. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and, and, and am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. And Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. A ruler and a deliverer or redeemer is the calling that was upon Moses even from a babe. I want us to look also in the book of Ephesians as we think about our own lives and our own children. And as Brother Andy said, we live in evil times. We live in days when men have become lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And so this is what we want to be ourselves, and this is what we want to pray that God might use our children to be. Paul would challenge the church at Ephesus and us even to our day beginning in Ephesians 5 and verse 15 and 16 and 17. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Here it is, redeeming the time. He's calling out the people of that day to be redeemers through the grace of God, through the mercy, through the strength of God, redeeming the time because the days are what? They're evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, I think that's indicative of the heart and mind of Jochebed and Amram back in the second chapter of the book of Evidence. They knew the times were evil. They knew what the will of God was that God had promised in the fourth generation to bring a deliverer, to bring them out with a mighty hand and to bring them back into the land. That he had promised Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And by faith, they embraced that. By faith, they embraced that, and they knew God has given to us something very special. Now, the Jewish historian, Josephus, he proclaims that Moses was a child prodigy, that he had incredible physical and mental and natural gifts. I don't doubt that uh, one bit. It's not biblical, but it does say that he was a goodly child. So there was something unique and special about Moses. Now... As we, as we get into this, this story is, is so important because in the Old Testament, as we've said, Moses is going to be the major 
figure of the Old Testament. Some people might argue that it, that it was Abraham. Abraham was an amazing figure in the Old Testament. But in my mind, in my studies, uh, of all the people in the Old Testament, Testament Moses really stands really stands supreme and preeminent. And then the two events that are most powerful in the Old Testament to me are the Passover, where you had the, the shedding of the, the spotless lamb, blood wiped over the lentils and doors of their heart, and the death angel passed over them, and then the uh, journey through the Red Sea. I think those are, are if not the most significant events of uh, the Old Testament, especially as tied to redemption. And you see how that they parallel. This is just important because I want, I want you to see the significance of what Jochebed and Amram did in their faith and their obedience to God. Without Moses, that doesn't take place. But God was in control, wasn't he? And then we see how that, that mirrors the New Testament. Who's the major figure of the New Testament? Jesus. What's the two major events? Calvary and then the empty tomb, which, which, shot, which, which showed the true picture of the Passover and also the journey through the Red Sea and the Exodus. And so we come here to our story, and it says that here's where it all began. It began with a love story. It begins with a man from the house of Levi and a woman from the house of Levi who married in the Lord and who loved each other, and God gave them a special baby. If you're going to raise a Redeemer, if you're going to be used by God to raise a Redeemer, the first thing that you're going to have to raise them by, beloved, this is point number one, you have to raise them by faith. You have to raise them by faith and not by sight. I hear a lot of young people say, well, when I get married, I don't want to have children because the world's so evil. That's the exact opposite of the thinking that we need to have. Beloved, we, we, need, we need redeemers born. We need redeemers raised in the days that are evil. I hope uh, those of you that are thinking about getting married uh, soon, I hope you have as many children as you can have. And I hope God blesses you to raise them all to be redeemers, redeemer of their time and servants to God in their generation. But I'm telling you, beloved, it's going to take faith to raise a redeemer. Here we have Amram and Jochebed. just want to give you the meaning of their names because I think it's really special when, it, when we realize how God used Moses. Amram, A-M-R-A-M. Amram means a mighty nation. Oh, go figure, right? A mighty nation. Amram means a mighty nation. And Jochebed, J-O-C-H-E-B-E-D, her name means God is glory. Well, what did Moses want to see? He said, I beseech thee what? Show me thy glory. He was hid in the cleft of the rock and he was so much and saw so much of the glory of God. They had to veil his face when he came down out of the mount. And so Jochebed and Amram were courageously faithful parents. Can I get an amen? It says that they did not fear the commandment of the king. The king said, when you have a baby boy born, you throw him in the Nile and you take his life. They said, no, we're going to raise a redeemer. Beloved, faith is so important because it is only faith that can vanquish fear. Faith vanquishes fear. And you're going to need, those of you especially that are going to raise children in these next generations, you're going to need a great faith. And I'm praying it for you. And I know that God will give it to you. There's nothing more important than modeling faith then encouraging faith in your children. You cannot give them faith, but you can model it for them. You can show them what it looks like. You can encourage them toward it. Say, Brother Nathan, how do you know that uh, Jochebed and Amram, that this was all about faith with them? It doesn't say anything about faith. Uh, well, it kind of does because you have to go to the New Testament. Uh, you remember in Hebrews, when you were preaching through Hebrews, let's go there. Hebrews chapter 11, and we read that it was by what? By faith, amen. You have to raise a redeemer. If you're going to raise a redeemer, you're going to have to raise them by faith because sometimes you're just going to really wonder, Lord, can I do this? Uh, you know, 
uh, Lord, I, I need your help here. Uh, this child uh, isn't acting like a redeemer right now. But, of course, every child needs the redeemer. But look here of, of what it says about these faithful, faithfully courageous parents. That's, that's what we need you to be. We need you to be faithfully courageous parents. Thank you to all those in this room that have done that. Thank you for raising your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And those of you that are coming up, we challenge you to do the same. Raise them by faith. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 11, and we look at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was what? Hid three months of who? Of his parents. They had victorious, fear-vanquishing faith. They were courageously faithful because when he was born, they hid him for three months because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Why were they not afraid? Because of their faith. Faith vanquishes fear. Isn't it wonderful here that they had married in the Lord together. And we see God here even in, in this road of redemption. Here even in this story, it's not just a coincidence that they're both of the house of Levi. Now you remember when Abraham gave, I mean when Jacob gave his blessings to his son, there was a curse upon Simeon and who? Levi. There was a curse upon them. Let's go back and, and look at that. Just, just flip. It was just a few chapters before. You can just flip right over to Genesis 49. It hadn't been that long ago in the story of the Bible. But look at how God is redeeming the tribe of Levi here. You know, sometimes we see families get into generational curses, and it's terrible uh, to see, but it doesn't have to stay that way. All it takes is the faith of one uh, to break a generational curse. So here it says in Genesis 49, verse 5, this is Jacob blessing his sons. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it, for it was fierce and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. How would you like to be born into that family? Right? How would you like to be born into that family? Well, sad to say, with the tribe of Simeon, we never see that change, uh, that, that curse that Abraham put upon them. They were kind of assimilated into the tribe of Judah, actually. But old Levi... Levi's family was redeemed. And here's where it began right here. With two of his descendants that were people of faith. And they raised a redeemer. They raised one that was going to bring forth a mighty nation. And show the glory of God to all the earth. Well who knows what God might use our children to do as well. Marry in the Lord. Raise your children in faith. Faith that will vanquish the fear that you're going to feel as you try to do this awesome, awesome task that God gives to his people. And lastly, here in this point, I want you to see the potential that is in your children. See the potential that is in your children and emphasize the good that is in them as you raise them. You know, some of us would like to raise our children as we would want them to be. But you actually don't get to do that. You raise your children as they're given to you by God. You raise them as they are, and then you try to nurture uh, and guide them. And you, but you do try to see and look in their lives the potential that they have, and you want to nurture that and emphasize the good in that and promote that in their lives. And so we see that with Jochebed and Amram, that they had a son. Now, they had already had Aaron. They had already had Miriam. But there must have been something, beloved, 
There must have been something really special about Moses. His, his spirit, his countenance was just unlike the others. And they saw that. They saw the potential in him. And even though it could have cost them and all their family, their lives, and the little bit that they had left, they said, we're going to obey God. We're going to obey God. We're going to raise a deliverer. And the Bible says that they did that by faith. Now, once again, 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. You don't have to turn there. But the Bible clearly states that all men have not faith. You cannot give your children faith. You cannot born them again. You cannot make them children of God. That's just the truth. But you should pray that they would be God's children. You should pray that God would raise them to be redeemers and he, he would help you and that he would give them faith for faith is the gift of God because faith is the only thing that will truly guide them in life and beyond death. Beloved, I say again, raise them by faith. Secondly, secondly, protect them from the world. Protect them from the world. Now, you can overdo this. Y'all ever heard of the phrase helicopter parents? <laughs> they just, they just kind of hover over their children, you know. They never want them to fall down and scrape their knee. Uh, you know, they, they uh, are just, uh, you know, biting their fingernails the first time they see them drive off with their, with their driver's license and they're watching them on Life 360, <laughs> you know, the whole way there and the, and the whole way back. Well, we know that that's that we have to be wise when we're raising our children. We want to uh, protect them from the world. I see this in Jochebed and Amram. They, they saw that he was a goodly child, and so they hid him for three months. They, they, they tried to protect them. And I think that this is beautiful, uh, that the Bible describes the thing that she put him in as an ark which the only place that that's used is when we talk about Noah's Ark, which is a great, another great example of God's salvation of his people, and then the Ark of the Covenant. Those are the arks when the word ark is used in the Bible. But I want you as a parent and us as a parent to think about our nurturing, our spiritual instruction, our example to our children. The way that we watch over and care and protect them is like an ark. It's like the ark that, that we're going to send them out to face the world in. <laughs> Beloved, we got to pitch it within and without with the best that we've got. Amen? Because there are fierce, fierce things that want to get in and destroy and, and influence. And there is a time for parents to, to have biblical civil disobedience when it comes to this world. I love what Jesus said about his children. Do y'all believe that Jesus protects us from the world as his children? Surely he does. But listen to what he says in the intercessory prayer in John 17. We've always appreciated this and talked about this because we're not to be like uh, the monks of old who, who just try to separate themselves uh, from society. And, and you can, when you're raising your children, you can try to protect them so much that you actually can do more harm than good sometimes if you really go overboard uh, with that. If you want to know what I'm talking about there, you can ask it, about me, ask it to me in private what I'm talking about. I'm not going to get into it now. But here we just see the principle of what Jesus said in John 17, 15 and 16. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So your children are going to have to be in the world. You know, and, and just like when we're, we're teaching children to swim, you know, when you teach a child to swim, you should be right beside them. You know, you, you let them go a little bit. You, you hold up under them as they learn, you know, to paddle and kick. You don't say, well, they're going to have to swim eventually. And so here's a here's a, a tank of sharks. Let me just th let me just throw them in there. Maybe God will protect them, and you know uh, they they're gonna have to toughen up someday, right? 
That's not the way that we do it. But I, I love why I see Jochebed and Amram. They hit him as long as they could. And apparently, our old boy Abraham uh, had a healthy pair of lungs like your son Ezekiel. Because <laughs> then at the end of three months, they could hide him no longer. I imagine it's because he was letting out some mighty cries. But for as long as they could, they protected him. Even when they had to, to let him go into the Nile. Because they, could know, they, had, they had reached the end of their means. Yet, yet they had made that ark. They had pitched it within and without with the, with the slime. And also, do you not see also that they put a sibling to, to watch over him even as they launched him out into the sovereignty and the providence of God? Oh, what faith they had. Oh, what wisdom that they had. And, and I love how it says that they were not afraid of the king's commandment. There is a time. Beloved, let me repeat this. And I believe the time is coming for all of us sooner than we feared for biblical civil disobedience against a government that is becoming more and more anti-Christ. There are some hard, hard choices that are, that are going to face all of us. And we need to be ready to protect ourselves and our children from the world. Your child's ark is to be uh, uh, done with the greatest care. And I like how it says that it was both within. It, the idea is that it was both within and without. You know, I, I think that sometimes, you know, parents, they want to make sure their children are dressed right in, in nice clothes. Uh, we, we, me and Regina... We're about to pay for our, our last child's braces. I'm almost going to buy, make the last payment. Can I get a hallelujah from the, everybody else that has, has paid uh, for braces? You know, you want them to be healthy. You care for all that. But so many people, they, they focus on the without. And they don't focus on the within. And the, if I would say which one is more important, it's the within. That is the most important. Nurturing your child's soul, uh, their, their attitudes, their, their disciplines in their life. Oh, protect them from the world that wants to uh, tell them that all life is about themselves and, and that they don't need to listen to anybody but, but their own divine spark. There's so much that's out there that can do damage. Protect them in what they watch on TV, protect them and what they listen to on the radio uh, as they go to school and we send them out into school, uh, protect them from things like critical race theory, things like alternate lifestyles, things like socialism. Oh, build them an ark! Build them an ark! To keep them safe. But most of all, we must trust them to the Lord. We must trust them to the Lord. We should strive to give our children the best we can and to demand the best from them. Beloved, may God bless us to raise redeemers, to raise them by faith, and as best we can and as long as we can to protect them from the world. Now, the truth is the world's inside of our children too. It's not just a battle that is without, but like we said, it's a battle that is from within. Thirdly, we must, as we have said, we must trust them to God. We must trust them to God. Jochebed and Amram, you know they would just like to have kept Moses with them. But they knew somebody was going to hear. Somebody was going to hear that baby boy crying. And then the soldiers would come and, and it would be out of their hands. So I can't imagine the decision that they had to make here, and but the wisdom that God gave them to build that ark and then to place it in the river and just trust this one that they had so much hope in uh, to the providence of God. Now, my baby girl is fixing to start college, Brother Jeff. She's going to start Monday. I can't believe, I can't believe that, that that's already here, that that's already happened but my prayer is is that we can trust her to the lord that we have instilled in her in her heart 
the things of God. And God has come in to her life and given her faith. And that she will be a redeemer. Even there on that canvas, she'll be a redeemer. That's my hope for her. But a lot of that, we're just going to have to trust her to the Lord. Trust her to the Lord. They, they put the baby Moses in his ark in the Nile. I don't know, I don't know how all it worked. I don't know if, if Jochebed and Miriam, if they just knew and it was known where Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe. You know, I was looking at the geography of this, and it's really amazing. Uh, where the land of Goshen is, is at the very end of the Nile where it kind of goes out and, into the delta. And there's all little tributaries that come off of the Nile right there as it dumps into the Mediterranean. Well, right there along the edge of, of Goshen, where Goshen comes to an end, are the treasure cities of Python and Ramses. And so it's, it's not uh, impossible uh, that, that they could have put baby Moses in the ark and that God just directed that ark. And I, I was just thinking, you know, crocodiles in the Nile, a uh, little ship, those ships uh, going all up and down the, the currents. Uh, and and here is little baby Moses. Just you know, what does the Bible say? That the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he can turn it like the rivers of water. And I just think about God with His angels just guiding baby Moses down that Nile, and not only working that out, but then bringing Pharaoh's daughter to the exact place where he was going to be, and then opening up her heart to love him. Oh, the power and majesty and the sovereignty of God. Aren't you glad that we can trust our children to that kind of God? Oh, I am. I am. I believe whatever happens in time is the outworkings of an eternal decree. That's what I believe. That's what I hope in the lives of my children. But we have a great promise, don't we, in Proverbs 22, 6. Train of a child. In the way he should go. And when he is old, what? He will not depart from it. Now, Moses, I believe, Moses understood he was going to be the deliverer. But it wasn't going to be the way that God was going to use him to be a deliverer. I believe when he slew that Egyptian, he thought, you know what? This is going to win the people to me. And I'm, I'm a, I know how to raise them up. And we'll throw off this yoke. And we'll take over Egypt. I believe that was in the mind of Moses. But the people at that time rejected Moses. Did you hear what it said in Hebrews? That the, that the ones that you rejected, God raised up. But just think about those of you. I know some of you in here are thinking about, Brother Nathan, I tried so hard uh, to raise my boys and my girls. And, and, and some of them God has blessed. But brother, I just don't know about some of them. Do you know that, that Moses spent a third of his life in the wilderness. But then God brought him back. To be the deliverer. Train up a child. Believe the promise of God. Believe it by faith. Trust your children to God. Do what's right. Raise them and trust God. None of us are perfect parents. A lot of that is in the sovereignty and providence. And will of God. But believe the promise. Trust them to God. Trust their lives to the God's sovereign sway and will. Still watch over them for good. Help them mature. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this this amazing story of the sovereignty of God? Doesn't it just bring a smile to your heart? I can just see Jochebed in her house just crying her eyes out. Because she's just launched baby Moses in an ark in the Nile. And she had hoped and believed that God would bless him to be the deliverer, but not only that, just losing a child like that. And here comes Miriam busting through the door. Mama, Mama, you got to go with me. You're not going to believe where the ark ended up. And who's got baby Moses? It's the princess of Egypt. And Mama, guess what? I'm bringing, I'm bringing the baby. I'm bringing Moses back. And Mama... You're going to wean him and you're going to raise him. And in those formative years, you know, they put 
into Moses what he would need in years to come. Those most formative years are the most important. Oh, beloved. Oh, beloved. Watch over them for good and help them mature. I, I like how she launched him out gently and conservatively, right? It says that, that she didn't just, you know, push him over a waterfall in the ark, right? She just put him in gently where there wasn't much current, you know, right by the reeds. And, and I love how that, uh, you know, they said, Miriam, you know, you watch over him. Uh, just just kind of so we know what happens to him, if it's good or bad. And oh, the providence and power of God. Not only did Jochebed get to wean and raise Moses in his most formative years, she got paid. Did you notice that part? She got bank. And the very one that Pharaoh was trying to kill is going to be raised in his own house to be the deliverer that he sought to destroy. That gives me chills. Oh, the power, the wisdom, the majesty of the sovereignty and the providence of God. Trust them to God. And like we said, here Miriam is introduced. She's going to play such an important role in Moses' life and, and helping them and Aaron as well. This, this family, listen, our siblings can become some of our greatest allies in life. Work on that. Uh, those of you that have brothers and sisters, I just love to see how close that some of you are and how much that you love one another. Well, don't let that just be a fleshy thing. Let that be a spiritual thing as well. Encourage one another uh, in the Lord. That has been some of the greatest strength of my life. And I pray that it will be for your life and yours that you raise. Then lastly, lastly, as we begin to close, not only trust them to God, Encourage them to be like Christ. Encourage them to be like Christ. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews chapter 3. Because Christ is the great redeemer. I love that song, How I Love the Great Redeemer. He is the true redeemer. And that is what we want most of all for our children is to be like Christ. Is that what you want, Brother Kevin, for your children the most? To be like Christ. Brother Jeff, is that what you wanted for your children? To be like Christ. Encourage them to be like Christ, the true Redeemer. Well, here is some of the amazing things in Moses. How Moses was, we see the fullness of it in Christ. Hebrews chapter 3, look at this, beginning in verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. See, Moses was the greatest one in the Old Testament. He was. He was a prophet, priest, and king. He really was. He was amazing. But you remember when he met with Jesus in, in the mount? It was Jesus that God said, here's my beloved son, hear ye him. He's greater than Moses, who is faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by, built by, built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing the hope firm unto the end. Moses was like Christ. He was a redeemer, but Christ is the redeemer. Moses was a prophet, but Jesus is the apostle and the high priest, and the king of kings, and the lord of lords. So, 
there are some things here, there's some specific things about Moses as we close that we want to raise our redeemers to be like. Some things that we want to try to instill and encourage in them and help them to understand as they grow up. Moses was meek. Moses was meek. Do you know that the Bible says that outside of Jesus Christ, he was the meekest man upon the earth? Look with me. Read that in the book of Numbers. You know, a lot of people in our day, they look at meekness as weakness. They want to raise their children to be, to be proud. But beloved, redeemers need a spirit of humility and meekness about them. May the Lord bless us to instill that in our children. Here in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which are upon the face of the earth. We read about Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, his own, own words, Come unto me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Even in the Sermon on the Mount, as he talked to us, he said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Raise them to be meek, humble, humble children and servants of God. Secondly, Moses was rejected by men. Moses faced a lot of rejection. Remember when, when we just read that those that they rejected, God sent to be a deliverer for them. Here in our story in Exodus 2, Moses is fixing to go out. He sees some of his brethren being mistreated. Well, he tries to be a deliverer. He slays the Egyptian, looks this way and that, covers him in the sand. He thought, man, everybody's going to know I'm the guy now. Then the next day he sees two Hebrews fighting together. He tells them, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. They look at him. Are you going to kill us too? Who made you to be a ruler and judge over us? He was rejected. And he spent a third of his life away from the people of God and away from Egypt in God's school, learning how to be meek, learning how to face rejection. Was Jesus accepted, Brother Robert? <laughs> no, not by men. Right. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He came into his own. And what? His own received him not. Beloved, we can't. Raise our children to be the favorites of the world. We must teach them to be a redeemer. You're going to have to be willing to face some rejection. You're going to have to be willing to face some criticism, some scorn. You're going to have to be willing to be different from the world. I'll never forget when Drew was a little boy. He was about to start school. We were riding in the truck, and I said, Son, I said, what are you going to do if your friends... You know, try to get you to do something bad. And maybe they might try to get you to try tobacco or something like that, I said. And they say, if you don't do it, then they say they're not going to be your friend. What are you going to do? Hey, he sat there and thought a minute. He looked at me and he said, uh, Daddy, I guess I'm going to tell him Jesus will still be my friend. <laughs> I said, that boy's going to make it. He's going to make it. He's going to make it. Moses was rejected. Christ was rejected. If you raise your children in faith and trust them to God, if you encourage them to be like Christ, if you try to protect them from the world, they're going to face some rejection. And it's our job to show them that that's okay and to prepare them for that. And let them know that they are accepted in the beloved. Then lastly, Moses was resolved. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love the resolve of Moses, don't you? He kept going back to that Pharaoh. Let my people go. Let them go. Let them go. Oh, the heart of the Redeemer. Even 
even it got worse for him before it got better. Remember, Robert, he went to the Pharaoh. He, he had his staff. He had everything. He was ready to go. I'm here. I'm back. You got to let God's people go. God sent me to be a deliverer. I have this mighty staff. Pharaoh says, oh, really? Now I'm going to make I'm gonna make it twice as hard for him. That didn't make Moses very popular, did it? With the people. Well, at least we had straw before. Now we've got to get our, our own straw to make the brick. But he was resolved. He kept going back. Let him go. Let him go. Even when the people uh, tried to rebel and God said to Moses, he said, I'm sick of these whiners and these complainers. He said, I'm going to destroy them all and I'm going to make a new nation out of you, Moses. Well, that's what every man would have loved to hear. And Moses said, oh, no, Lord. Lord, please don't do that. Lord, forgive them. Lord, show, show them mercy and just teach them to do better. They're, they're your people, Lord. And he interceded on their behalf and God had mercy. Oh, the resolve through the Red Sea, through the wilderness wanderings. Was Christ resolved? Oh, yes. I love it when I read in the Scripture, it says, and He set His face toward Jerusalem. He set His face toward Calvary. Not my will, but Thy will be done. His resolve was the greatest resolve of all. The resolve that has saved us for eternity. I've come to do Thy will, O God. Beloved, we must be resolved. We must be resolved. It says about Moses, in our text, that he became the son of the daughter of Pharaoh. That's where we stopped. She said, because I drew him out of the river. But we read in Hebrews that Moses who was raised to be Redeemer, said he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughters. He forsook the treasures of Egypt and chose to suffer with the people of God. And he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than all the riches of Egypt. I think Jochebed and Amram did a good job. I think God even did a better job all redeemers are willing. If you know you got a redeemer on your hand, this is how you'll know. The redeemers are willing to renounce the world. They're willing to suffer with the people of God. And they're able to receive the reward. May the Lord bless us all to raise redeemers.